Hey, boy. Hey. Hey. Happy Valentine's Day. Motherfucker. <laughs> Spread the love. And pain. The Cherubian holiday. I guess uh, Pimentel isn't joining us. I don't know, man. He had... Uh, yeah, he'll be joining us later. Uh, last night, we had a big fuck up. Um, what happened? I, you know, well, we were ready to go. John was ready to go. And he's like, hit me up. So I said, okay. So I sent the invite. And like 20 minutes go by and nothing happens. So I was like, well, fuck, I'm getting tired. So I sent John a little... John sent me a text and he said, you know, why is everyone yelling? Because I had sent that Bill O'Reilly clip. And then... uh I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting. Finally, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to bed. And John said, hey, man, I was waiting until 10. What happened? I was like, I guess you didn't get my link. And he's like, no, I never got the link. So I don't know what happened there. Uh, The app has changed some of its settings, so it's just different. Like before, I could just go in and add you guys like y'all showed up in my ad friends list, like right there. I didn't have to send you an individual text message. But now I have to send you an individual text message in here. Okay then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just a new feature. But I don't know, boy. Our um, our listenership has gone down. Well, yeah, because they don't give a shit. <laughs> I tried to tell well, you that people have, don't give a damn. I'm, I must have. Um, I think it's it's all happened around that that one episode I had. Uh, who the fuck is Logan Paul? Maybe people don't like fuck in their in the titles of their podcast. Or maybe we'll put that in there. Well, I don't know who Logan Paul is either. Maybe people don't care. Well, maybe we're not talking about things that people actually want to listen about, too. Well, I don't I don't think it's that Logan Paul's the issue. I think it's that the word fuck is in the title. I think that may have hurt. Like, maybe maybe, uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> the app like, doesn't like certain cuss words. And they A strategic the error. A strategic error. Well, yeah, boy, don't you remember? It said the in some of the agreements that we looked at that you know excess profanity will cause your uh, episodes to not get published. Yeah, I may have to go back and rename that title. Just who the f is Logan Paul instead of who the fuck, or just who is Logan Paul? Just do it like that. Well, I mean, I still want to have the f. I think if you just have who the oh, f, ow, just don't scratch me. Just, just, just don't do it. Just don't leave, leave it out. <laughs> well, I mean, I could re-listen to the episode and find another thing to say. It's just who the fucking Logan Logan Paul that stuck out to me. The episode that's like the whole theme of the episode is talking about internet celebs and online shit. Well, it's your episode, man. You do what you want. Well, yeah. Ultimately, you know. I thought you were going to do a barbershop three hundred four episode or something. Um, no, I did a. I, I got my own podcast and um, I named it Third Street Barbershop. You know, the barbershop that we had in Kearns and then Third Street's the street that we grew up on. And um, the idea is that people, you know, at barbershops, they talk about life and uh, they talk about sports. They talk about work. They talk about relationships. They talk about their friends, their family. Um, and so what I did uh, yesterday is I did an episode about work and I had to I had to break it up into two segments. But um, it ended up being about 45 minutes. Oh, I'll check it out on the way to work tomorrow. I didn't even I- I've been periodically looking to see if you had anything up, and you haven't. So you must. I do now. 
Yeah, I do now. And uh, I made sure to throw some comments out there that if people want to reach out to me and be guests on my show, then I'm more than willing to entertain them. And I've got one person lined up. I wanted to do a spot about mental health. And uh, she's she's a girl that was in the rehab center that I worked at who has bipolar disorder. And um, she's had some pretty traumatic crap happen to her in her life, but she's been clean and sober for about two years now. So she's working her program and um, I, I'm hoping that it, it's not necessarily like a public service announcement, but it is something out there for people that are, you know, thinking that it's impossible to stay clean your whole life. and yeah. It's impossible to, to have the, you know, uh, life that people that don't struggle with addiction or mental health issues, you know, it's impossible for them to have a stable living a situation where you can, you just got to work at it. Yeah. You know, there's things that people take for granted, and I'm hoping that getting this person on the channel will shed some light to that. Well, I mean, it's always good. It's always therapeutic to talk about your problems, right? I mean, if you have issues, sure. the getting it I out mean, in the open is better than to have a career in the first place. Do what? That's why therapists have careers in the first place, you know? Yeah, and, you know, sometimes a professional who studies and sees patterns, because, you know, we're all human, and eventually patterns of behavior emerge depending on the circumstance and to have somebody whose job is to examine those and give you feedback of, okay, when you tell me this, then this is what I'm used to seeing when this happens. So you're like, well, I don't want to be like that. And it's like, you don't have to be like that, but this is what. Hey, sorry about that. again. It's going to be like that first night where we, we got five different uh, chopped episodes <laughs> in one spot. Well, well every, you know, every time. Video, that first podcast has our most views. Yeah, and it was the most fucked up one. I would like yeah, – I really wish that the episode where John was talking about his infidelity – would that I really wish my voice wasn't all fucked up on that one because that was probably the funniest one we've ever done. Talking about John running bare ass down the street. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think his I think his fucking balloon movie pitch that shit was hilarious. <laughs> he came out, he came out of fucking nowhere with that. I've, yeah, crazy man. It's crazy. Well, so, so there was um, there was somebody I told about that. I've been talking about our broadcast to some of my friends, and someone said that's a legitimate thing because there's a balloon I have from when I was a little girl, and I still have it today. And I'm thinking, wow. What kind of balloon is it that it, you know, maintained inflation for that long? Is it a prop balloon or is it an actual balloon? Well, it doesn't matter. But the idea that, you know, you're telling a outside perspective from an inanimate object, it's really not that far-fetched of a cinematic plot. They're actually doing that with Garstein's book, The Art of Racing in the Rain. And it's the story of a dog, and he sees the live people his owners unfold before him, and he tells it from his perspective. And one of the guys that owns him – um, well, I say one, the guy that owns him is a race car driver. And it talks about how the, the ups and downs he goes through of trying to establish himself as a professional racer. Hmm. Well, John, you know, 
Go ahead. I mean, there's been perspective pieces, uh, you know, throughout the years. I, it's just with John, it was like I was totally expert because me and you went the obvious sci-fi, you know, fictional action, you know, over, you know, over the top. about yeah, a million dollars <laughs> and more and all that shit and computer effects and graphics and explosions and guns and yeah, right. You know, John, John was. I mean, when when he was telling the story, I was like, he's talking about a drama. Like, what the yeah, fuck? it's gonna be a, a suspenseful, mysterious. It's gonna play out slow. Yeah, there'll be some 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 violence, but it won't be you know as heavily stated as ours. You know, well, so with my StarCraft pitch, it was gonna start out with violence and trauma and you know war and now that whole thing because I wanted to do either the trench scene in the StarCraft game where you remember the Terrans were fighting all those Zerg. And they like overran their position and stuff, and the battleship was over, the battle cruiser was overhead. That's yeah. what I wanted to start out with. Uh, but you know, then I wanted to still tell the story of Jim Rayner, and they just come across a handful of Zerg at the time. I just wanted it, you know, to in, end up being more intrigue, suspense, and thriller because I wanted the Zerg to be more of like ambush alien at that point because there's not very many of them, and then you got the little Zerglings and the Hydralisks. And then you got the buildings infested with creep and all that stuff. And that's what I, I really wanted to showcase there is kind of kind of tell the story of the game and put the game on TV. That's what I wanted to do with that first one. Yeah. John just wanted to fucking follow a balloon around with the damn camera. Yep. <laughs> I, I, like a you know, maybe maybe a million, two million dollars in well, production fee. The, the way you shoot that, no, I mean, John's movie, we could get, we could do that on the cheap. All you really need is a, but it wouldn't look, it wouldn't fucking look good at all, at all, man. So Friday, Friday is one of the most successful low budget comedy movies ever made, ever. It's got longevity, it's actually funny, and it wasn't that expensive, but they actually spent money on post production. It wasn't cheap. And that's, that's one of our problems is we try to do all this amateur shit. But our production values suck. <laughs> well, you know, Friday was a uh, was a legitimate deal. They 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 actually had a studio, and that was back in the nineties when you know you had to have you had to have high end equipment to make it work. You know, now sure. We can, we can... It wasn't expensive to make that movie, but they did pay for good production. All you need to make John's movie is strap a camera onto a fucking drone and fly that bitch around. <laughs> It's the balloon, and have your characters mic'd up so that they can hear them fine. No, and do no. the occasional pan shot of your character walking around with that fucking balloon behind him, and <laughs> you know. But see, when he so told I, the story, like he didn't, he didn't end it with the guy gets revenge. Like he came back after and said, "That's oh yeah, well he's going to go back and get revenge." He didn't tell that in the story. The way he told the story is, this dude's walking his family, and they fucking got a balloon. Everybody gets killed. And he walks around for the next year with his fucking balloon, trying to find these kids that killed his family. And it's like, okay, what's he going to do when he finds them? And then John didn't say. He just said he's just training with this kid to fucking learn how to shoot and shit like that. And that's just, it was just fucking, it was such a weird, it just was so different from what we were saying. Like, I couldn't help but laugh the whole fucking time he was telling like, I was like, where is he getting this shit from? You know? That's like, that just shows you why diversity is a good thing. Because me and you, we're sitting here shooting. We're trying to fucking get grand impossible. We're trying to win the lottery. You know, we're like, yeah, right. Million. But John, we got he, he could go to 
studio and pitch this, and they might actually entertain it. Yeah, I mean, really, all you need is one of those. Get the fuck out! <laughs> all you need is one of those uh, college professors, like that one that that you had. You just need to go talk to one of them and tell them your idea, and then get one of their students involved. And before you know it, bam, you're making a movie. Oh, yeah, Shelly O'Neill. So um, Shelly O'Neill was my uh, prof- uh, college acting coach in community college, and she's got a PhD in theater philosophy. So she's a doctorate. Um, she has a piece right now that they're uh, they're putting in competition to be produced on Broadway, and um, she's real excited about it because she thinks her odds are really good. She's got a she's got a guy, a producer that is uh, really he's he's putting his name out there on the line for her in this piece that she wrote herself. She did all the music, all the line, and all the scenery. Are you still acting in that play? Uh, no, hell no. No, <laughs> she replaced you. No, she's not. No, she she has the script. She has the script, and she's she submitted the script to that competition. And this contact that she has that's in the Broadway uh, circle is promoting her, trying to get her the play, to. to the play's done. The play's over. Like it's not. We, we did it. Yeah. Uh, there's a YouTube video out there. It's called uh, the Forgotten Air Force, the Wasp Service Pilots. So if you YouTube yeah, the Forgotten. It. Yeah, you'll see you'll see my chunky ass up there. Yeah, that's all you. You're you're straight on great here. Yeah, it was it was um it wasn't an easy role, man. I did, my lines uh, they didn't leave a lot of room for interpretation. Uh, the the only real dramatic scene I had is when I was calling to um, notify the WASP program director at the time uh, that we had been decided against by Congress and that all of our work was pretty much just going to be for nothing. Now, at the time, that's how it was understood. But that program laid the foundation for Air Force service pilots, for women to be Air Force service pilots in the future. And that general that I played ended up founding the Air Force later on. But that's regardless, um, that that role was hard for me to do because, like I said, there, there was only one real scene of dramaticism. And really, my my expertise and knowledge came into play when I was trying to teach them how to behave as military people. And it was, that wasn't easy because these were all 19 to 23 year olds that have never even been around a military base. And so trying to teach them about marching about proper, uh, you know, jargon and stuff like that. Like uh, we had a couple of veterans show up and the way I interacted with them and the way the students interacted with them, there's just a, an obvious difference. They had they just didn't have a clue. And it's, that's not a knock against them. It's just that's one of the real ways that I contributed to that production was that fact that I had military I – was, I was a military advisor for that. So she basically had you on like as a consultant? I did a lot of that, yeah, actually. Um, we went to a museum uh, where there was a lot of World War II memorabilia, and I was telling her about all that stuff. Uh, I was telling her about ribbons and awards and decorations that you would wear on your uniform, um, the proper cadence to march to and how you give orders and how officers would address each other. And and so there was a real gray area in this program, because even though this was a military program, these women were not military because back then women weren't allowed to be in. So they were doing work for the military, you know, flying these aircraft on on American soil and training pilots uh, and working with pilots um, they weren't actual military personnel. So it was, it was a little strange. Like, do they salute somebody? Do they not salute somebody? Do they dress them by their rank or do they not? Or 
You know, how does that go? Do they get a rank? Do they get a title? So because the, the military is all about customs and courtesy, they're all about procedure and, and decorum. So when somebody has a rank, you address them by their, that rank, especially if it's higher than yours. Your, so, uh, your portrayal of that general, though, a lot of the scenes, you look like you were confused, like your eyes, like look like you wanted to ask a question after every fucking line. Well, part of it was I was asking a lot of questions. I was asking her about her intel that she was uh, presenting to me. And then there were times where her cues weren't exactly that lady that I was working with. Her cues were kind of off because she, you know, she was still an amateur. She had only done like one or two plays on the stage before. So she was, you know, I was waiting for her to give me the prompts that I needed (laughs) so that we could discuss the things we needed to discuss. Like there was twice she messed up on her paperwork that she was supposed to give me and I kind of had to improvise. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that one of the one of the things with the the girls all came out, I was like, these chicks are fucking overacting that, you know, it's just it's obvious, you know, but again, college students. So it is what it is. Yeah. But. Well, singing, that's what it's, it's a, it's a musical production as much as it is a drama play. So they need to be, you know, over the top with the singing and stuff like that. Now, some of the other stuff, I, you know, I'm not a director, so I can't, I can't really go in there and coach them on how they need to do certain lines of scenes. I had recommendations and I really wanted to do that. But as a, as an actor, when you're on the stage or when you're in a movie, that's not something that that's not your place. And that, that can make things really ugly amongst other cast members. Cause then they, they start to resent you because they think that you're acting like the director when you're not the director and you don't have any authority over them. So why are you trying to coach them on what they should be doing? This is their job. They got picked for that role because the director believes that they can do the role the correct way or the way that they want it. So it's, it's really, um, a fine line to toe when you're trying to sit there and tell people, Hey, you should probably do this instead. But you know, it was hard for me. It was so hard for me because this is a military atmosphere and I lived the military life for eight years. I want to go in there and be like, um, this is how this should go, but I can't because I'm not the director. <laughs> when, um, why didn't they, you know, what would have made that play work? What, what would have made that play? Like for me, like, okay, well, damn, they know they really got their shit. Is if they would have had like some kind of stunt or special effect, like a fucking plane flying in that somebody made, like some craftsmanship or something, you know, like a sure. pin plane, obviously, but something like floating in. Because I was thinking when I was watching that, I was remembering the plays that I saw when I was in high school, and I think we saw one Navarro play, and it was okay. But when we went to like the state competitions for plays, like some of the shit they were doing was like very advanced. They had a lot of props. You had a lot of like moves and there was one thing where they these kids were able to get up on top of each other's shoulders and do this kind of posing stuff. And it was like, you have to rehearse that to get it right. And then when I was when I was watching your play, I was like, Okay, I get it that it's it's historically it's important and they're telling they're telling this story from this point of view. But it's like if you want to do over the top and get your audience like really intrigued, then you have some kind of and maybe it's not a plane floating in, but maybe it's like you see the chick in the cockpit or something, and she's like reading her intro. Yeah, we did do that. Oh, <laughs> we had one of the female pilots in the cockpit of the plane with instructors. Yeah, the cockpit, wasn't it like it wasn't like a, a real like cockpit cockpit though, right? Oh, okay. So you wanted to see a little bit more detail and a little and bit wasn't more, she like sitting in a chair or something. Uh, she was in a box that was in yeah had a chair in it yeah. Okay, so when we went to when we went to the museum that's in Corsicana, 
that had one of those uh, testing uh, planes that the pilots actually used to use to kind of get accustomed to being an airplane in the air. You sat in that motherfucker and it felt like you were going to fall over and break your neck. You know, it was so haphazardly designed. Um, it was a pole that went up to uh, the um, the carriage of the of the cockpit. There was a cockpit designed around that that seat. And so trying to get into the thing, you felt like you were going to, you know, break it. And uh, trying to do something like that would have been a little risky. It would have been a little hard to to make it, you know, interesting. So we had to go with something stationary. And I'm not sure what Dr. O'Neill could have done with her limited resources at her disposal. But I totally believe and, and understand where you're coming from. Like, well, maybe you, you go maybe, to the craft shop, you go to the craft shop there at Navarro and say, hey, I need to build this kind of frame. And you have one of the craft students build it. You know, that's what you do. Well, but, uh, she, she was tapped out on resources, man. A lot of those costumes, she has to buy and make herself. Oh, well, I mean, I get that. And the costumes were good. I mean, y'all, everybody looked like it was time period accurate. I, yeah, I got the yeah. deal of the time period that it was in. So, you know, well, she, some of the girls, they're just. There was the something they were that I yeah <laughs> so I, I wasn't really happy with all the girls in the positions that they were in like especially the lady that played the the old and gray mom i was like well we we really could have put somebody better in this position but that's what she had to work with that's what shelly o'neill had at the time so she she had to cast who she thought was best for each part and i can't i can't sit here and contradict her she did the best she could with what she had and uh how did she come up to you for the role how did how did you get involved so, you know, in the past, I did plays for her um, where, uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to word this right. Um, so she did a pageant called Clothed in Glory, and I played the role of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was going to say you, you played Jesus before. That was your other starring role. And you played the lead. So since then, uh, I was a student there. Also the your first. On on death scene, right? That's the first time you died. Uh, in yes, character? first time I've ever died, quote unquote, on 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 stage. Um, now let me I've ask you a- this: when you were playing, when you were playing Jesus, and they like when they had you up on the cross, how how high up were you? Really high. So uh, for this play, Shelley decided to go with the uh, the wagon method, which is a um, ancient uh, European technique where they would take wagons. And the wagons would be the what you marching through a city or something. So the wagons would be your scenery and your scenes would be acted out on those wagons. And then you walked from scene to scene and your audience would travel with you. Supposed to stay in character the whole time. That doesn't always happen. One of our scenes was a church on top of the church is where they had the platform and the cross. Now the platform is where the cross went in and, uh, Man, when they set that sucker on there, every time they did it, I was scared for my freaking life because the church from the ground to the ceiling was like 15 feet. And then there was another four just feet up there on a stick. <laughs> yeah, just a, well, it's not a stick. Come on, man. <laughs> Very that was like a thick stick. Yeah, it was like a seven, piece, seven foot piece of timber and it was heavy. Getting all that stuff up there was just real risky. And then, and so when you're, when you're that high up, and it's fucking kids that hoisted you up there. Like, what is going through your mind as you're trying to, at the same time, you're supposed to be in pain and, you know, reaching out to God and all that stuff. And I, did you have to talk to the guys next to you, the other two 
dudes that were up there, or were there other two guys up there? I don't remember. Hello? Hello. Yes, sir. Crash. Well, let's go back to that last question. Well, 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 hold on. Let me. I, mean, I need to back up because we we kind of just skipped. I, how did you How did you get the role? Like, did you have to audition to play Jesus, or how? Did that uh, okay, so there's a little bit of a story behind this. Um, I'm going into the community college, and I had heard about Shelly O'Neill from other people that I'd known, and a part of me wanted to just get into the acting scene and see what was there. So I show up and I start doing auditions and stuff like that. And she's like, you need to start taking my classes and, and um, sign up for a scholarship. And I was like, well, I don't feel comfortable with that because I'm not a, a major in acting. And uh, she said, oh, well, don't, don't worry. Just come and, and be a part of the class and get a scholarship. And we'll get you some money and blah, blah, blah. So I start getting into her acting things. And she has this project that she's been working on for over 10 years. And just the, the time was right when I showed up that she was working on it and I was there. So First, I was going to be a Roman centurion. She knew about my military background. I knew how to address the crowd because we were going to be actually working with the audience. And uh, I, I knew what I was going to need to do to kind of to kind of make the role believable. You know, like a, she had a whole costume set up and it was actually going to be horse riding. And um, it would have made, you know, I, w- I would have done a pretty good job as a centurion. So the guy that she had picked out for Jesus had really had the right hair, had the right beard for one of those um, word, not medieval, but one of those dark ages representation of Jesus. Who's Caucasian, has long flowing brown hair and a nice full beard. His name was Scott. Scott had that look and he was going to be Jesus at first. Hey, there he is. Oh, okay, what's going There's, on? What are you doing? We're talking about Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Yep. Talking about good old Jeebus. Good old uh, eight so pounds, John, let me, let me, let me, let me bring John up to speed. Uh, Aaron's recounting his acting career in his first role. He played our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So he's just retelling uh, me how that came out. John, just understand that it's not my very first. It's my first major one, though. Uh, well, because this, this adult, had, your first one as an adult, like out no, of school? no, no. Oh. What else did you do? So there was there was some stuff we did with Shelly O'Neill before this one. Uh, what was I doing? I was, um, I think I was playing Edgar Allan Poe and I was doing some series of his plays. Um, nothing fancy, just stuff that I, we all did in the college. So when Shelly did this production, it could not be associated with the college because of the separation of church and state. And this was a religiously centered, um, you know, play piece. and uh, she wrote it all by herself. She did all the funding for it. Uh, she got some churches involved to help pay for some of the things we did all of our own prop work. We built most of the sets and uh, when I say we built most of the sets, I mean, we'd go in on Saturday morning, stay there for like four hours and build the wagons and put the stuff on it that we needed. And uh, true story about Shelly O'Neill. You know, she's uh, 40 years old, never married, no kids, been in the Episcopal uh, church her whole life. She sings choir and such. Uh, she was leaving the set work that we had been working on. She saw some kid throwing rocks at it. She said, if you don't stop throwing rocks at my set, I'll get me on your ass. Well, ever since then, we've all left because she actually cursed at a kid that was, you know, just walking by. Anyway, um, so like I was saying, the guy that was originally supposed to be Jesus, Scott, 
Um, he approached her one day and said, there's some personal things going on and he can't be Jesus. He can't commit the time and energy he needs to do the role. Right. And he felt, he felt at the time that he was going to be a poor representative. And so after he dropped out, she came to me and just asked me, um, that it would be a real big blessing for her, for me to step up and take it. And, uh, you know, I, I was intimidated at first because I knew that this was going to be a lot of memorization and I didn't really have the look. And I'm like, well, I mean, I can do the best I can. But I, at the time, I was still a reservist and I still had to shave my face and cut my hair. So I couldn't grow my hair out. Well, when I accepted the role, um, we decided to put some fake beard on me and we put spirit gum glue on my cheeks and goat hair. And when I tell you that sucked, man, that sucked. Oh, that John probably- knows all about spirit gum. John, John oh, yeah. got to wear yeah. some spirit gum. John's acted in this thing too, Aaron. You forget. <laughs> Is that what y'all did with uh, the orc thing or what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he was coming. <laughs> Is, this- Is this where you think you, can- you could act in your own, uh, uh, your own movie? Oh, as Jim Raynard. Well, we were. What we were talking about is I wanted to get I wanted to get his uh, acting experience down and because Aaron was in an actual production like it actually traveled and and the thing was is he got started well I remember him doing this Jesus role and that's what I thought that originally I thought that's where he got started his first role is he played Jesus and uh, there really- was there was that, but that was the yeah. big that was the biggest one I had because that one had a crowd of attendees the first time we did it we had around two to three hundred people show up. The second time we did it, we had about a hundred because it was supposed to rain that day, but since we did it, it over. The, what it was a live thing, Aaron, and there was people there. Like, were any, was anybody saying anything to you? Could you overhear anything? Like, yeah, I can, hear, I can hear people talking. Um, so the first day that we did it, the very first time and the very first day, it was really windy, so I had to shout to just to be heard to say my lines, and so the the audience's reactions wasn't all that dramatic. Uh, the second day, though, it, it really was. The second day, uh, Brittany was there. Um, so the, the second day, uh, there was this English teacher that I had uh, when I was at the community college. She was there with her daughter. And she was just going to be somebody from the crowd that was just playing a very minor role. And they were going to come up to me, and they were going to present themselves, and I was going to bless them somehow because I'm Jesus. I'm doing blessings. And um, she, she kind of set me off guard, man, because – she was in the crowd and I didn't know where she was going to be approaching me from. And that was going to be the whole part of it. But she just kind of like rushed up to me like, Oh my God, it's Jesus. Let me touch him. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and so people you, could see that. Win? Did you win a little bit? Uh, I mean, I just kind of like took a step back and, and my eyes got really big. And so. Jesus got a little worried on that one. Jesus like, no, hey, this, Jesus don't get worried, man. Jesus don't yeah, it was, it was weird, man, because they, they approached me with so much speed and intensity, and I was like, who the what, – what is this? Jesus and so, ain't ready for all that. Jesus no. ain't ready for all that. Um, my, time in Iraq and Afghanistan, my time in Iraq and Afghanistan was still pretty fresh for me at that time, and so a whole crowd of people, and then these other people are wearing long robes just running up to me. I'm like, oh, crap. What yeah, is this? Back it up. Back it up. That was my, yeah, that was my initial reaction was like, oh, God. Oh, okay, no, that's it's just a couple of women. Relax, man. <laughs> how, uh, how, speaking of which, shit, how did our, our last show do? How did our ratings looking now? We got, I, I was talking to Aaron at, at the start of this. I, gotta, I think what happened, I got the feeling that things tanked with that one episode that I titled Who the Fuck is Logan Paul? I think I need to take fuck out of the – the title. <laughs> you think so? You think, think Chris Word killed well, it? Well, I, I think the way. So, mo- what I could be wrong. 
and I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think the app like it, that has an algorithm, and oh. it makes your it makes your it makes your podcast available to certain parts of the public. And I think if you use cuss words like that, I think it lowers it. Like if you use like if you said the n word and they, you put that in your title, like that would lower your you, you know that would not be something they would want to promote. So you so, so you keep. If you're saying, you know, like, fuck, shit, ass, bitch, cunt, scooby doo wop scooby doo wop Christopher Reeves. <laughs> you say shit like that, and you put that in your title, you know, I, I don't okay. I think so, it hurts you. So we can curse in the show, just not on a title. Right, well, and then even in, in the show, like, you can't you can't do it to the extreme. Like, we may drop an F-bomb. Like Shane down. just did. Yeah, just yeah. show the version of cursing. <laughs> but, I mean, so every now and then it's okay, but when you like, if it's if you got somebody and they're like, "fucking piece of fucking shit," "fucking did this," and went to my fucking house, and like every other word is the F word. <laughs> yeah, nobody. The, the 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 company's not going to want to present that, you know. And you know, okay. there's people out there doing it. I guarantee you. John, this is how we got to this topic tonight is we were talking about your movie and how easy it would be to make. And I said, you know, John would have a simple budget, but we would really need to invest in post-production so that it looks good and sounds good. And that's been our problem with making all these amateur films on our own is that the post-production has just been crap. You know, we got scenes where people are. We got scenes where people are looking at the fucking camera. <laughs> well, that that Aaron, that, that was, the production was crap. Like not post, not post. I busted my ass in post. I took a year trying to fix it, and that's just the best I could do. So I'm sorry, that's the best I could fucking do. I don't know what else. I don't know what magic. I thought about just taking all because it's like 40 hours of footage. I thought about taking that 40 hours and just sending it to a company and saying, "Here, make something out of this. Just just make it work. I don't care what you do." Just make it happen. But <laughs> I thought, well, then it's not really going to be my thing anymore. And who knows what they would do with it. Uh, you so. know, and uh, I had a off topic again, Shay, um, the, 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 the wrap up show. I figured it out what we did wrong. We were talking about the show, the, the show we just did. So we shouldn't be talking about the show at all. We should talk about something else totally. And there will be other five minutes. Should be talking about stuff. Like so that instead talking. of being instead of being an after show, it needs to be like a wrap up or not a wrap up. It needs to be like a a quick fire. Yeah, quick, quick hits. Quick hits. Weekend. Yeah, like yeah, that. shit like that. You know. So. so just a real quick five minutes to go, and then bam. Yeah, call it done. Well, the problem yeah, is, is that we started that after show, and when we got to five minutes, it was like, well, let's go on to seven. Well, when we got to seven minutes. And John's like, well, let's go on to ten. And then Sarah was like, I thought you were going to bed in five minutes. And I was like, well, shit. Well, <laughs> we could have went a whole other hour. It should, it should, Did, uh, she, say like Did yeah. she say like this? Going to bed. <laughs> yeah. I think you can it, actually hear it. It, it, should be, it should be five minutes. It should be. If we don't talk about the last show, we just talk about something's going on real quick. So you got big pants for tomorrow? Oh, no, this and that. Anything you want to talk about tomorrow? I don't know a few things you want to talk about. That's it. Five minutes, call it. Shot of the next day. Yeah, Tune in next. Yeah. Time. Yeah. This. Okay, so it's a it's a preview. We want to do like yeah. A, there you go, like a preview. Okay. Oh wait, speaking of which, it's, it's Valentine's Day. Y'all, you have a nice day. Yeah, man. Good. Um, I got Sarah, you know, some candy, some cookies. We went out and had dinner at this Italian restaurant. We both like. All that. All that. It's good. Good. Aaron, Aaron, you do anything special? Uh. <laughs> I guess you picked up you picked up some fancy material or something. The, the bachelor, the bachelor life, man. That's okay. the bachelor life. All right, I got you. Just corn, hu- corn hug and uh, a tissue. 
Is that what it was? What? Port Hub and some tissues? <laughs> yeah. yeah <right. laughs> and whatever you feel like. I I don't need tissues anymore. I'm at the place where I'm comfortable with the uh, without the cleanup. So he oh, just oh. lets it go. Aaron's just letting it go, boy. <laughs> he is fucking. He's it's going. It's going wild. Are you, are you trying to hit the ceiling now? And they're black light, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> He's going buck nasty on there. Buck nasty. nasty. Oh, I use the shower for that kind of thing, man. That's that's why I don't I don't have to clean up anything. Are you standing up when you do it? I'm not talking about this, bro. I'm not talking about this with my uh, fucking brother. Well, I, don't, I don't like. I don't like standing up and doing it. Like I like to either be in a, a resting position. That's nice to know, man. It's nice to know my brother likes to lay down when he beats off. <laughs> well, how you lay down in the shower and beat off? How you lay down in the shower and do that? Well, you. you know, I can go. You, you, man. I don't need you, to. You would take a. Well, first you would either take a bath and you would do it that way, or you would bring a chair in there. It's floating. It's shame. You take a bath, it's floating in the water. That's nasty. <laughs> so you gotta have like a. You gotta have. Like, uh, totally oh off. I'm talking about Jesus beating off. You gotta have your rag like next to you when you do it. You gotta have your rag. The wash right rag. So you have to clean up and use it as a wash rag. Well, you you have two rags, John. You have one rag to clean your ass. You have another rag to catch all that. That's that's I can't do. I, I'm not <laughs> saying I would do it. I'm just trying to propose ways. Like for me, standing in the shower, it's just like I, you know, my knees kind of buckle a little bit whenever that it, it's happening, um, and I just don't want to slip and fall because I'm not. Well, you're not paying I, attention. You know, I, I'm only. I'm only saying was if I'm if I'm laying down in the shower trying to beat off. I feel like I'm gonna get that golden shower. Like someone's pissing oh. on me. So I'm trying to beat off. Like what the fuck well. is that? Well, you got to be careful too. I mean, I'm not, you know, like I said, for me, it's just an ideal, you know, it's, it's you're in a private spot and, you know, you're just resting. Like, I just can't, I can't just do it just standing up, walking around. I guess the, the fun yeah. fact, <laughs> the fun fact tonight is Shane, Shane gets weak in the knees. Yeah, I'll so fucking fall over. I, like, you know, any actual act of doing it, like when I'm getting ready, when it's like go time, like, you know, it's like you feel like you're superhuman, like you're going way faster than you normally move. And, you know, like I can remember one time when I was in college, like my foot was hanging on the end of the bed, it was hanging on this uh, bedpost. This was, uh, you know, this girl I was dating back then. And we were at her parents' house. And so we had to get in and get out quickly because parents didn't want us doing this shit in the house. And my foot was hanging off the side of the bed. Well, the bedpost was wooden. And I rubbed my foot raw on that thing but because we were in the middle of it it's like i couldn't stop and that's the same thing with jerking off i can't stop i'm gonna fucking fall i'm gonna slip is that like a, a memorable is that, is that like a memorable memory like- <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on, okay. Let me get composed. Hang on. (laughs) 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 
to this part you know, it's like john as soon as you showed up everything we were talking about just kind of went in the fucking trash can and so now we're talking about masturbation <laughs> I was gonna say, do, do y'all remember the first thing y'all masturbated to do y'all remember oh the well okay look I, I guess i'll go ahead and just tell like so in our house i mean i don't know aaron what your experience was because it's just not something me and aaron just talked about but my mom like no, sex was just not allowed to be discussed like we just it just didn't come up like it wasn't an option you know so yeah. everything we learned we had to learn through either stuff that we saw on the internet or being around other people and i had i'd gotten lucky my uncle got me a computer that i had in my room and like my mom i know my mom thought i was in there oh did we lose Aaron? that probably go ahead though. go ahead go ahead well, I know my, my mom, she, I think my mom thought that I was in there beating off on the computer. Uh-huh. And all I was doing, like, I would go to adult websites <laughs> and look at girls, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to beat off. Like, I didn't know <laughs> what you were supposed to do. I didn't know that if you touched that thing and you shook it, that that would fucking happen. I didn't know that. So I was actually fucking girls before I knew how to beat off. Like, I had to have a girl one night show me how to do it. She was like, hey. You know, you could, because I was telling her, I was like, I can't go to sleep. She's like, well, why don't you beat off? And I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, grab your dick and stroke <laughs> it. And you will have like when, when we're having sex. And I was like, oh, so I did it. And I fuck it. As soon as like I did it, John, I passed the fuck out. Like, bam, right there. And then like, I was off to the races after that. I was like, oh, I can do this. Cause I thought, you know, I would always like, I'd have to find a chick. It's like, I got to find another chick. I got to find another chick. This chick, we, we broke up. We split up. I got to go get another one. Cause I got to keep doing this. You know, I, got, I can't stop. I didn't know. We just, the concept just never entered my mind that if you played with yourself in a rapid, like I've heard people playing with themselves. I thought it just meant you got a boner and you're just touching yourself. I didn't know that you had to shake it feverishly until fucking, you know, what happened, happened. <laughs> didn't know that shit so yeah i mean i was looking at porn but i didn't start beating off until this girl that i was seeing on the side like way back a long time ago she told me um you know i was with somebody that wasn't real proud of dating it was somebody that i didn't really tell a lot of people about but anyways was I was, I was horny and i needed to fuck like constantly was it that off. sanchez girl huh was it that sanchez no no, no no this this was in this was my first year out on my own this is after oh. i'd left mom's house and uh, so I was I was dating this chick and I didn't tell I I didn't tell anybody about her. And she I don't even know where she's at nowadays, but she was yeah. after we had had our couple of sessions, she had sat. she told me, she said, I, I was telling her I can't sleep. And she's like, well, just do this and I'll make you go sleep. So my first ones that I did it to, I can remember was this other girl that I was dating before her. I had secretly recorded us doing it one time. Oh, (laughs) well, it's not. She caught me doing it. Like she saw the camera, like in the middle of it. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, sorry, I accidentally had this on." She's like, "Are you recording me?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, uh, I accidentally left it on." And the the reason why she knew what I did is because I'd fucking moved the camera, like why in the middle we were doing it. Because oh my god. (laughs) I reached over to grab the camera to adjust it, 
And it, she was like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And she's like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, Immediately that's- noticed. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no, she knew. She knew the gig was up. So, uh, so when I, when I first was like, you know, in entertaining myself, it was, I would watch that video. Ah. So, wait, so you went to porno of yourself? You beat up to a porno of yourself? He's a narcissist, man. And you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't looking at me, and I was like, "Oh, look at me! I'm getting hard. Let me fucking whack off." I was looking at her, you know. So her that I was watching. Well, I just so, happened to be in it, John. I was just—I wasn't like it was me. It was just—I was just there. Oh uh, no, yeah, whatever. That's why you wanted homemade porn instead of yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that. So, uh, John, you didn't know this guy, but Shane, you remember our stepbrother Aaron, right? Yeah. Aaron was the first one that told me about it, and I oh, shit. Damn, but you you knew about it. You knew about it young. Yeah, yeah. I shit, you not before the first time. The first time he talked to me about it. Uh oh, we lost him again. I think, I think I know what this is happening because this this little. So my dad had remarried for a little bit, John, and it was he was kind of our stepbrother for a while, and he used to run around saying, "You beating your meat, beating your meat, beating your meat." <laughs> really? And I didn't know. I didn't know, like, when he said beating your meat, I thought, okay, you're just playing with, you know, you're just like, you're just getting hard, you're getting a boner, and you're just rubbing it. I didn't know that he meant that you're you're shaking, you're, you're stroking your cock until you fucking come. I didn't know that. I just didn't know. It's, you know, it's just ignorance. Because my mom just did not, it was banned. And we didn't have sex ed growing up in school, so I really just had no concept of it. Interesting. Yeah, just uh, never connected the dots. So, so go ahead, Aaron. Uh, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, sorry about that. The app closed again. Um, yeah, I remember uh, it was clearly it was uh, that it was a weekend after we had stayed with Dad, and I was on Mom's floor in the living room, and um, there was no. I think it was just me in there sleeping on a pallet because uh, it was hot or something like that. And we had a fan going, and I just I just started doing it. A bit of nowhere. Yeah, we are yeah, sleeping nothing, nothing to look at, nothing to read, nothing. No, I just started doing it. I was like, oh, this feels good. And I kept doing it, kept doing it, and bang. <laughs> I, I remember my first time was when my mom had broke up with some guy. I can't remember his name. He, she broke up with him, but he had a calendar of naked chicks from January to December. So each, each calendar had a different chick, naked chick on it. And that's what I remember. I beat off to like every page of that calendar. <laughs> I mean, nope, nothing. Nope. It's October. Nothing was as funny as when Daniel and John, Daniel's um, John's older brother, would fight over porn being on their computer or when they were watching porn. None of that, that shit was the funniest thing ever out of all the time that we lived together. I laugh more about that than anything else. Damn it, Daniel, stop watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, Dale used to like uh, Dale used to like putting the fast pages on Dustin's computer to gay porn. Oh no! <laughs> Internet, they were right to gay porn. I uh, now, y'all know um, y'all remember y'all remember Josh, my friend Red. Yeah, he told me that for him, his first experience. Was he, he when he he figured it out while he was in high school? Like he learned the combination or whatever. Like this is what you do. And so what he would do is he he would play sick to stay home. Like he play hooky. He'd, he'd tell no, him, he Mom, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> so, so one day 
one day he had he had this elaborate plan set up where he had gotten this tape that was going to come in. He was going to play this tape in his room. He's going to call in not, or not go to school and just take care of business. Well, what he didn't realize was that his mom didn't actually go to work that day. So he told me that he got butt naked, was laying on his beanbag, popped his tape in, sucked <laughs> fucking going to town. And his mom came into his room to get his laundry. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just sitting, sitting there, you know, what could he do at that point, you know? Uh, mom, close the door. Up. Close the door, Mom. <laughs> that had to be traumatic for both of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. It's, uh, well, it's like uh, one time when this girl I was dating when I was in college, um, she was, she, you know, was she staying with me? Because, you know, we were banging like every day. And Mom came over to the house. She didn't tell me she was coming. She just came, she just busted I remember my this. apartment. Didn't knock on yep. the door. Didn't, didn't call me. Nothing. She was mad as fuck. <laughs> she walked straight into my bedroom, and I'm sitting there laying down, and this girl's next to me. And mom walks in. She's like, oh. And I'm like, oh, shit. So yep, I remember mom told me that story. She was mad as hell. <laughs> turned around and walked out. She didn't get right with God or something like that. That's yeah, mom wasn't happy with you. Well, it's not like I was doing anything wrong. I mean, you know. She thought you were. You just gave yeah. her a key to your apartment to barge in? Uh, I didn't lock the door, so. Oh, your apartment? She just barged in your apartment? Yeah, she came on in. I, I never locked the door. I just didn't have a reason to. So. You know, I think, Shane, you, you might not you might not like this story, but I was probably uh, 14 or 15, and this is when Mom was married to Marvin. So my room was your old room. You remember yep. the room that was kind of in the middle of the house. It had that yep. bathroom right near that bathroom ran into another room. Mom yep. and Marvin ended up taking that room. And I remember at least twice laying in that fucking bed, trying to sleep at 10 o'clock and having to listen to the sound of them getting it on. Mm. That was really- oh yeah. 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 That- yeah, I did, I did my- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I that can was- remember, I can remember one summer uh, we were out riding bikes and it got hot. So we wanted to go in and get something to drink. So me, TJ Washington, Cody Clark, Jonathan Reed, and Robert Rawson, we all go into the house and like my dad and my mom are like underneath the covers. And I mean, they're fucking going, I mean, it's <laughs> like just, you know, fucking the breathing and all that shit. And I was just like, my friends over there just laughing and giggling and they wanted to sneak, <laughs> they wanted to sneak in. Like they wanted to open up the door and like kind of crawl, and so like like TJ, you know, the only black kid with us, he's like fucking crawling on the floor trying to. My dad's like, get the fuck out of here! Like my dad's, you know, we all just ran. You know? And so, so our dad, you know, Shane's always been tall, but our dad is six five, man, and he has six. not, or six six, he hasn't been little at any point in his life. So when you're a freaking three foot tall kid. Somebody that big is going to be intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Toast, get the fuck out of there. So and I remember my mom, she's like, we, weren't doing anything. we weren't doing anything. I was like, no, y'all were doing something. And that the only reason why I knew what that was at that point is because we had watched Predator 2. And the opening of Predator 2, this chick is yeah. fucking sexy. Yeah, it's a graphic sound yeah. on yeah. this guy. You know? I hope you're mom- I remember mom watching that with us. She got mad as it. <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off. I don't want to listen to this episode one day. Shane, what the hell are you talking 
Well, I mean, come on. Brittany, Brittany and Aaron had to come into the world somehow, so there you go. I mean, it happens. That was dropped off by the store <laughs> at the baby making factory. Did you not watch a Boss Baby? That's where babies come from. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. years after that, man. <laughs> well, yeah, so a thing on Marvin, um, when I was going to the prison, uh, I was working. So I, when I first got out of college and I was I was staying with my parents for a little while before I could get my buddies, and to save up money, I was working at this prison. So I started dating this chick at the prison, and she would send me pictures. So I was putting those pictures on our computer at the – at the house and I'd like when everybody's asleep and I like I'd pull them up and look at them you know I didn't play with myself I just fucking looking at the pictures of her well you know I'd left and I'd got my own place and I forgot I had those pictures on the computer oh well, man I forgot well, all I was I was over there one day and my sister who is nosy as I mean I mean she's just digging into everything yeah, she finds know. those she finds those pictures in the computer so she tells my mom she's like look look what's in here it was an older woman she's grown um, obviously it was not somebody that was like close to my age at all. Uh-huh. It was much older than me, but so they assumed that this was somebody Marvin, like my mom's husband was, had been secretly keeping photos. Of. Oh shit. <laughs> but oh, it's yeah, actually yeah. mine. So oh, I, I, I get there in the I'm house and like, that. mom, mom no. just going off on Marvin, just yelling at him. What are these photos? What's going on here? And I had the, I was like, when do I say, what do I say? When do I break in? I was like, mom, mom. mom. <laughs> They're mine. <laughs> those are mine. And she's like, what? And he's like, I know those girls. I know that girl wasn't mine. I know that. What you got those girls on that computer for? And I was like, I, yeah, guys, it's just the girl I'm seeing. And it's just, it's just mine. How old you know? were you at that time? Uh, 19. Still getting your shit. Huh? Well, it's because it was, it was in mom's house and it had, it had potential to be very Ooh. damaging worked at the church at that time Ooh. well it was it was because it was an adult woman i mean if it had been somebody that was closer to my age like a, you know 19 or 20 year old this woman was in her 30s uh-huh. so you know yeah marvin ended up being a scumbag anyway yeah are you smoking aaron are you smoking a cigarette no that, no that was me taking a deep breath oh are you smoking a cigarette is he smoking a cigarette out here <laughs> i'm in my room man Cigarettes in my house. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I don't like people that smoke in their house, John. What are your thoughts on that? Dirty, it's nasty. It's, it's your house. I understand it's your house. You're smoking your house. That's cool. But everything just everything. Yeah, that's 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 smoke, you know, you know, just your house smells. You know, it's like, yeah. Yes, everything. Yeah. Fucking Uncle Justin and his mom Barbara. God. I mean, you just walk into the house, and when you walk out, you got to take a bath. Well, you could take a bath, and the smoke comes out of your hair. Like that's how bad it's. I've I've been to conventions where these guys are trying to sell their oh. and stuff, and the the boxes are all yellow. Yeah, he was a smoker. Like, well, can you knock like twenty bucks off? If the box is all yellow and shit, you know, like, oh, hey, the, it's you know. the plastic and they their clothes stink, and dude, you can definitely tell a smoker just by the smell of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all remember that? Uh, y'all remember uh, uh, Sauron from uh, Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Ring Rider, the the main guy, the the Witch King or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I had I got an action figure. I was I was there was a period where I was going like a Lord of the Rings craze, and I was buying Lord of the Rings action figures, and that was one that I wanted, so I bought it. 
Well, when it came in, it was obvious that like a smoker had had it. Like it's it reeked. Like it was ugh. So I read online like what you can do to stop the smell, and one of the suggestions was to put it in dry laundry detergent and let it sit for a few days, and it'll be fine. So I did that, and three days later, I picked it up out of the detergent. It fucking still smelled like smoke. So I put it back in the detergent, and I forgot about it for like three years. <laughs> and then when we we were getting ready to move to this house, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about this. So I took it out of the detergent, and the, the smell was finally gone. Uh-huh. So it took fucking three years, but it, it cleared it out finally. So that shit, once it gets in, it gets in deep. Well, I remember you had that Godzilla that you sold off to that one guy that was bigger. Oh than yeah, oh yeah. This it was like the mountain, Aaron. I can shit you not. This was like this dude was fucking muscles in his neck and like easily six seven six eight big old fucking beard looked like braun Strowman, and he came over to my house to buy the godzilla and uh, just a huge guy and big old deep voice and everything i was like oh yeah well i hope you enjoy it man he's like yeah looking forward to it bro and like, yeah i want like like man that's a big guy to make you look small Shay. that's what it is yeah yeah no even sarah was i mean she was just like wow i was not expecting that because he took up the whole door frame God damn! That was a big boy, <laughs> big boy. So he, so he's like Mr. X. Just he had dip in, come in the doorway. Yeah, I mean he was he was big. Made me feel like a little right, kid. We've reached, we've reached an hour. Oh, are uh, we? We, we wrap this up. All right. Yeah. It's that uh, time. Aaron, are you going to join the uh, post or our pre-show or whatever the fuck it is? Not, not, this, time. not, not this time. A friend of mine's uh, streaming on Twitch. I need to go watch it. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right, see you, boy. Um, well, I hope everybody had a good, happy Valentine's Day. I guess we're hey. going to wrap this episode up, John. We've been oh, doing golf. Yeah, that's now. why we had to talk about beating up. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, so I'll, I'll talk to you in just a bit. All right. Big beat. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Bye.